0: Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> it is uh, great to be with you today and to hear the energy uh, together. It's always fun to have once a year where we gather you together at one service. So those of you who come at 9 a.m., you see other people and you say, I didn't know you go to this church. And uh, so we kind of like to celebrate together once a year. Uh, 9 a.m. people, this is really, we know we favor you this week, right? Because you get to sleep in a little um although there were several people for the 9 a.m service who did come here today they got here at 9:20, and um because <laughs> they forgot we're starting at 10 today so uh, <laughs> and uh and then the 10:45 people we are grateful to you for we know making the sacrifice of getting up a little bit earlier uh, but the good news is you can be done earlier today too and you can enjoy it you see why the nine o'clock people like you know to come early, so it's good. It's just fun to be together. Uh, This is, for us, um, really a a great celebration, and and today, later on, we will be celebrating with baptisms. We'll talk about that in just a moment. You're going to hear some stories uh, from people in the congregation, and really what we want this to be is just a reminder today of how God is at work, and you know, sometimes when we look around in our world, it can be discouraging. Uh, we know that we live in a probably the greatest country on earth to live in, and yet we face difficult issues that still plague our country we have an election season that we're all looking at saying are you serious is this the best we've got and 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 we're seeing that we still even though we've made progress we still have all these racial tensions in our country and and we have people who feel alienated and people who are at odds with one another and they're still hurting and poverty and there's all these things that happen and so sometimes we could if we're not careful think that everything is doom and gloom and maybe god has left the building and so we take time periodically to stop and to remind ourselves of the stories of how God is still at work. And we believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is a promise for us. And he is at, at work and on his throne. And we serve amazing, huge, big God. I love the last song we sang and just even the prayer of, God, words do not express how big and how magnificent he is. And so t- sometimes we need to pause and to remember Those stories, so that we can celebrate. You know, in my home, I have uh, three boys and a dog, a boy dog. So, um, you know, my wife is always outnumbered, but uh, we have spaced it out somehow by the hand of God uh, where all three of our boys and our dog, um, their birthdays are every three months, one of them has a birthday. And and so, and I don't know how we did that with the dog, too, but it worked out. And, And so, But but we love birthdays. We love food in our house. We love cooking and all this. But I know a couple years ago we were. It was um, one of the kids. Actually, a couple years ago it was the dog's birthday, Um, and and the boys, the boys said, "Hey, we want to do something for the dog. So we want to have a dog birthday cake." We're like, "Seriously, for the dog?" And what that means in our house is instead of him getting his you know dry dog food that he's eaten the exact same brand his whole life. Once a year, he gets a can of, you know, that really nasty dog food, that wet, how many of you feed your dog the wet dog food thing in the can? No one wants to. okay, yeah, there's some confessions, okay, good, yeah. I mean, you open that up, and you dump it out, and it kind of goes like, you know, and it's very similar, and then it comes out in the shape of the can, it's like the cranberries, right, and and the canned cranberries in Thanksgiving, so, so we got him that can, and, and stuck that there, and so this is his his cake. We stuck a candle in it, and, and we sang happy birthday to him, we had it in his dog dish, and sang happy birthday to him, and brought it outside, and when he heard us singing, he just started going crazy, and it's a golden retriever. He's 100 pounds. He's just giant, and he just starts jumping around like, you guys are giving me a cake for my birthday. This is amazing. He was so excited, and, and he got to eat his dog food, which I don't know why that's so good to them, but you know, the things they think are tasty, I guess that probably is. So, So he ate that, no big deal. So three months later, uh, my oldest son has his birthday. We get him not a can of dog food, but we have him actual dessert. Stick the candle in, we start singing happy birthday to him. The dog is downstairs and hears the song. (laughs) He comes running up to the dining room and he's like, it's my birthday, really? (laughs) And he just goes crazy. And we thought it was so funny that we gave him some, we're like, well, we got to give him something now. He thinks it's his birthday. So we started a habit that every time someone has a birthday in my house and you sing, the dog, he'll come from the backyard because he thinks that song means I get a treat. (laughs) That's all he knows, (laughs) And it's become a really funny kind of, you know, we mess, and now we don't have the heart to tell him he only has one birthday a year. Uh, But, you know, when we think of that and just taking time, to it's a funny story about stopping and celebrating. There's a reason why, as humans, we use these moments in life. There's a reason why, once a year, we stop and we celebrate the birth of each other. In our home, we'll do that, and we like to go around and say, what's a good memory you had with this person from this last year? What's one thing you like about this person? And it's fun watching your boys have to say that to each other. But we do that because we like to stop and remember and honor a person. And it reminds us of why we love having those people in our lives. The reason, as a nation, that we stop and we remember the nation's birthday, or, or we have Christmas, we celebrate Easter, we have these things. Because as people, we're kind of made to celebrate, and we're created to take time to remember. In Scripture, from the very beginning, Uh, after the flood there's a guy named Noah who God brought him out of this great season uh, of trial and testing his faith and the very first thing he did is he built an altar to the Lord and the purpose of that was to remember it was to remember God's faithfulness and say I need to worship God as I remember what he just did we see that happen again with Abraham we see it happen throughout the rest of the Hebrew scriptures where people would pause after a big moment where God moved And they would stop and they remember, sometimes setting up an altar, sometimes setting up a memorial, a, a monument. Because as people, we're created with a need to remember. And when we remember, it strengthens our beliefs and it strengthens our convictions. So today when we pause and we remember how God has been moving, we do that because it strengthens our faith and our trust in God. It reminds us that he's still at work. It's been ten years ago. Uh, my wife and I were out on a date, and you know, when you're married and you you have a birthday or an anniversary, you buy a card for each other. Write in the card, and and I kept looking at that, thinking, you know, I'm paying like four bucks, okay, three bucks every time there's a birthday or an anniversary. We give the card. It says something nice, and then you you want to be sentimental and keep it. But if you're like me, you're like, this is more stuff. I don't want it. So about ten years ago, uh, we bought a journal, and in the journal. We use it now as our card to each other. We'll write happy birthday or if there's a tough week or a good week or whatever, you just write what you're thinking and you leave it there. And um, then that person has it and then the next... So you can look back and see all of your birthday and anniversary cards and all these things. But for us, even this last week, it was my wife's birthday. And I was looking back through this and thinking, look at all these birthdays. And of course, I do it to say, I don't want to say the same thing I said last year. Okay, what... (laughs) But, well, you know, there's a practical side, right? (laughs) But in doing that, too, I'm reminded of all the great things that have happened, all the reasons why uh, I love my wife and, and like, having her in my life and why we're a great partner together. See, when we remember, it strengthens those friendships and those relationships. So today we remember for that reason, too. You know, throughout Scripture, uh, we see this modeled, even Jesus Christ himself, when he was talking about the Passover meal and he said, every time you take of this, do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget my life, my death, my resurrection and what it means. It's important as people that we remember. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17 through 18, uh, Moses is writing to people and he says, if you should say in your hearts, if you ever face the nations and say in your hearts, these nations are greater than I. How can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember What the Lord your God did to lead you out of Egypt. So there's a command in scripture to remember how God has worked. And should times ever come when you face those rough roads or those hard times, you say, I don't know if God's at work. Even in your marriage, I don't know if we can make it through. You look back and you remember how God has strengthened you through the years. We remember how God has worked as a church, worked in those who follow him. We're commanded to remember because then it gives us strength. So today, we're going to remember a few things that have happened this last year and celebrate. I want to read a few of them to you. Uh, And again, today, we're going to have some baptisms. We have three people right now, and we're given an opportunity for those of you who say, I know I've been wanting to do it. Hey, you can have an impromptu baptism today. We'll talk about that at the end. But for us, baptism is a sign, an outward sign of what God has done in our lives already. It's just confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives, and we want to publicly profess that so when we do that as a church we celebrate that god is bringing life we celebrate that he is changing us and making us new he takes us as broken imperfect people which i've got news for you that's you and i are broken imperfect people and he's at work in our lives to transform us and so baptism reminds us that he's at work changing our lives this summer, we had some other things, that uh, or this past year, we've had over 30 kids and students make commitments to Christ for the first time. Oh, th- yeah, that's worth celebrating. We've commissioned five new missionaries that came from within Seacoast. Three of them were young adults. Two of them are not as young adults. They're more experienced adults. <laughs> But we've commissioned them and God has called them into the mission field, which is not for everyone, but it's amazing that there's five people in one year who've follow, followed that calling. We've had uh, we had over 150 people, I think it was even more, serving in our Community Serve Day when we took a Sunday off and went and served and, and contributed to other projects around North County. Um, do you know that almost every single day of the week, here at this church, on this campus, our building... Our buildings are used for people, for recovery groups, for groups for people struggling with parenting, people struggling with uh, alcoholism, kids, teenagers of alcohol, uh, narcotics anonymous. We have um, multiple support groups, groups designed to help people find refuge in those broken times in their life. It's something to celebrate that our buildings, that God has blessed us. It was 50 years, nearly 50 years ago when this building right here was built. And God has been using it, and we are blessed now to be able to open that to our community for those who are hurting and looking to find life in Christ. Now, some of those groups aren't designed to help people find life in Christ, but they start finding life. They get them on their feet, and guess what starts to happen? They start to ask, what's more? And we can use our buildings for that. That's something to celebrate. We have uh, it, our San Diego Academies right up the street. Uh, every other week, there's, they have an extended lunch period It's grown to over 40 students from that campus come down and have lunch every other week. And some are not Christian. They come and they're exposed. And and we said one of our goals is just that they come and and say, hey, maybe Christians aren't so bad or the church isn't so scary. That alone is something to celebrate. And through that, we've seen people's lives start to be changed. We had our partnership with Sunset High School, Ocean Knoll Elementary, where we did tutoring. We've been able to invest in the lives of others and do good For in the name of Jesus Christ, to let people know that if Jesus brings life to us, that following Jesus, there's life found in many ways, that we want to also bring life. These are things we can celebrate. One other thing that I I love is, you know, it takes about 200 people here who are volunteering their time, their efforts, to do the things that Seacoast does. That's amazing. Something that I can celebrate. Say, God, you've called and stirred in the hearts of people that over 200 volunteer positions are filled by the people of Seacoast. These are things that we need to celebrate. And remember that, you know what, God is at work. So you might say, Ryan, why are you beating your own chest this morning? Why are we acting like, you know, Seacoast is so great? Well, let me tell you this. The only way we're beating our own chest is if we are so naive is to believe that the story is about us. Because it isn't. The story is about our great God and how he uses us in spite of ourselves to work in the lives of people. And we here at Seacoast do not want to be the ones to receive the glory. We want it to go back so that God is lifted high. Why do we partner with other churches in our own community? Why do we pray for them and meet with them? I meet with a, a group of lead pastors in the area and pray with one another. And sometimes we say, hey, here's a family who just started going to your church. I know them. You should invest. Here's their story. Why do we do that? Because we believe that we're in to seeing God change North County, not to make Seacoast name great that God's name is great. So are we beating our own chest? No, because this is about what God is doing, not us. But he does use people, and so we need to celebrate and remember that he is good. Now, I want to take a moment and let you hear from some of your own. So I'm going to invite, uh, we have three people coming up here with me for a moment, and uh, they're going to share a little bit of their stories of how God's working. Come on up. Yeah. Where do you want to go? All right. do you go? Sure. All right. I feel like Oprah all of a sudden?
1: You get a car. You
0: get a car. <laughs> Great. So uh, I'm going to introduce to you. We have. Uh, can you everyone see? Okay. Well, just trust us. We're here. All right. So uh, we have Billy and we have Genevieve and Connie. They want to share a little bit of their story. Let's start with you, Billy. Why don't you tell us just a little bit of of how God is working in your life this last year?
2: Yeah, okay. Um, so, little background. I'm, I'm an engineer, so my personality is kind of, I want to plan everything out, and uh, everything has to make sense to me, or otherwise I won't do it. Um, so, God has graciously shown me this last year that I don't have all the answers, and even <laughs> if I don't understand something, that it might still be the right thing to do in his will. So, I've learned uh, he's been showing me a lot this year how to trust him and not myself.
0: Great. And and what are some of the things that have happened? What are the events and circumstances that helped you learn those lessons this year?
2: Yeah, so I guess uh, one of the biggest examples is I went on two trips to Africa. And uh, when the trip was announced and, and they were asking for volunteers, I didn't want to go. I never wanted to go to Africa. <laughs> but. Uh, God decided that I should go to Africa. Yeah. So I was really, you know, struggling. Like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like I have anything to contribute. But when I got over there, God showed me I did have a heart for it, and I was able to contribute. So he's going to give you what you need when you need it. So even if you don't think you have what you need, and even if you don't think um, your heart is in it, he knows you more than you know yourself. And then one more example is the second time I went to Africa, not only did I forget my bank card, but I also got really sick. So I was sitting in Africa really sick with no way to really get myself home if I was to have to rely on myself, which I've never had that happen before. So I had to really trust God and just say, okay, if I can't get on a plane or if I get really, really sick and have to go to a hospital in Africa, I'm going to have to trust God. And
0: he took care of it. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, Billy, for that. I like how you went. Yeah, you can give him a hand. I like how you went from, no, I don't have a heart for it. I'm not going to Africa, to two trips in six months. That's, yeah, God, yeah, he's messing with you. That's good. I like it. Definitely. So, uh, Genevieve, tell us a little bit about your story this, uh, in this last year. What are some things you're learning?
1: Um, last year I was a mother of one, now I'm mother of two, so that was kind of a, an amazing transition in my life. Um, I have learned a lot about, um, kind of brokenness, I guess Mm. you could say. (laughs) Motherhood will teach that to you really quickly. (laughs) Um, and I've also learned a lot about community and the importance of and what it looks like. Um, and the other thing I think God has really gifted me with is gratitude,
3: mm. giving
1: uh, me lots of opportunity to be um, reflective and to be grateful for what I have and to um, see his hand in, in multiple things going on in my life.
3: Mm.
0: What are what are a couple of the things that stand out to you or the ways in which God is teaching you uh, those lessons? Sure. So... Um,
1: I've joined a community here at Seacoast called MOPS, which is a, stands for Mothers of Preschoolers, and I was really loath to join it because it was called MOPS, and <laughs> I'm like, that's a household cleaning product. <laughs> but um, once I got past that big hurdle, um, <clears throat> it was a place where I really found community, and before then, community sounded kind of awful and scary, like you know, kind of clickish, and you have to find a seat at the lunch table, and it was um, it was kind of scary for me. But now I can see that community is how God really loves on me right now in this time of life. Um, the other women at in this group are in the same life stage, and so they they hear me and they support me and they encourage me and they say you know all kinds of brave things and mm. um, it makes motherhood less crazy and more um, more a good work a meaningful work
0: mm. that's great yeah <laughs> so how about and we're gonna get to Connie in a moment here so <laughs> take my time yeah so uh, Billy and Genevieve, what's one thing that's different about how you live now based on looking back on what God's teaching you?
2: Uh, for me, it's Proverbs 3.5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So we have brains and we need to use them, but I don't lean on it. In other words, I don't, I don't rely on my, my understanding of things as much now. I take things one step at a time and try to see if God's will in it before my own assessment.
0: Great. Good. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess one thing that I, I've had an attitude change about would be brokenness. Before it, that was another like, oh, I'm I need to keep it together, have mm. a plan, like be polished and stuff. But um, brokenness is something that I've come to get used to, kind of embrace even, um, and see the good in. It keeps you soft and sensitive and. Um, open and amazed that God can work through you. Like you're, you're more easily filled, I guess you could say, if you're broken.
0: Hmm. That's great. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Good lessons. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna uh, transition here a little from Connie here, you, and uh, if you could have hand the mic over to Connie there. Um, Connie, your story's a little different. It started about 20 years ago. Uh, when you were eight, yeah. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so uh, it's. Why don't you tell us a little bit of of the journey that God brought uh, has has had you on and what happened about 20 years ago?
3: Okay, as I was walking up to church this morning, I was thinking, okay, I was a little nervous, but I thought, okay, this is my story, but God's glory. Yeah. So anyhow, I've learned a lot and grown in a lot of ways, um, especially the last 20 years, like you mentioned, and. Um, My life was actually shattered on June 11th 1996 when we got a knock on our door with two police officers telling us that our 21 year old son had died from accidental head and neck injuries. Yeah, my husband Rich and I um, had a 19 year old, a seven year old and a four year old at the time. And if it weren't for him, my other children, and especially for my relationship with God and my faith in him, I probably would have died from a broken heart right there on the spot. So we suddenly became members of a club that no parent ever wants to be a part of, and we were forced to find a new normal for our family without Dan. I learned from an incredible book that actually Dale had mentioned before um, by a guy named Gerald Sitzer, and it's called A Grace Disguised. And I learned from him that you can't help what happens to you, but you can help how you respond to what happens to you, and you can choose to become either bitter or better. So I thought, OK, well, I don't want to be bitter. So after Dan died, I made a choice to become better. Because of Jesus Christ in my life, and my misery actually became my ministry. And I was able to reach out and help and comfort dozens of other parents who had, ha- had also lost a child. And I think the lesson I really learned is when you're in pain, reach out to someone else who's in pain. It actually helps. Hmm. Yeah. It yeah. helps ease your own pain.
0: Wow. Now. We had a long talk. I have my own. Yeah, that's okay.
3: <laughs>
0: we, uh, you know, we had a good long talk about all this and just how God used you through those years. And I, I love even you had the thing you called what the basket cases, where you'd bring baskets to other families, which is great. Um, and how I, I love how you just had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And and that phrase, use your ministry or misery became your ministry. Now. Last year, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, hmm. um, you had another set of uh, events that popped in, unexpected. Yes. Tell us a yes. little bit about
3: well, that, yeah, journey. Yeah. Okay, now that you mention it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got some notes here. Uh, anyhow, uh, it was just, um, I had seen God at work in my life beginning last year, shortly after our daughter Rachel got married in January 2015. And I thought, wow, Lord, you know, as a lot of you parents know who have, daughters who've been married um, it can be a little bit stressful (laughs) so after her wedding I thought well Lord I could really use some peace and downtime Mm. so I prayed for that well eight days later I was diagnosed with breast cancer Mm. which wasn't exactly what I had in mind for peace (laughs) and downtime (laughs) but nonetheless Mm -hmm. this was another opportunity to trust the Lord even though my heart was filled with fear disbelief and helplessness. Well, so two months after that, I had a double mastectomy, and I held tight onto God's comfort of his word, and I held onto the hand of Jesus, who saved me and gave his life for me. Well, two months after my surgery, we found out we had mold and toxins in our home, and we were forced to abruptly leave our home for 25 years, never to move back into that house again. So I thought, okay, we can do this, Lord, you know, you're allowing this for a reason. And then we moved eight times in three months and ended up living actually in a beautiful home in Encinitas. I was thinking back when I was feeling better how um, Rich and I decided, well, let's go to Switzerland with some really super good friends of ours. So we went to Switzerland and then we met up with Ryan and we had the trip of a lifetime uh, touring through the Holy Land. Everything seemed like it was getting better and, and so forth. And so when we walked, uh, when we got home from our trip and walked into our house, we could not believe our eyes. We stood there and thought, are you actually kidding me? <laughs> our kitchen was flooded. <laughs> anyhow. Welcome back. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Reality. But anyhow, this year I was also diagnosed with a lung disorder and more recently a lung disease called Mac disease. Anyhow, I know that through each of these devastating situations, that God has once again going to give me the strength, love me through, and draw me closer to Himself. And a lot of times, it's in the storms of life that we find Him, and He will never ever let us go.
0: Yeah. Wow. You're, you've had it. <laughs> one of the questions we had there, I'm looking at it like, well, I think we've heard a lot of these. It was, at,
3: what are some of the high points and low points along the journey? But yeah, just yeah. share a little well, bit more there. I could start out with one of the low points, um, it was about a year after Dan died, I think the first year I was in shock, the second year it's like, really, I've been walking with you, Lord, all these years, and how could you allow Dan to die, I mean, you really could have mm-hmm. kept him from dying, and I actually got a little angry, and, uh, but I knew that my anger was an emotion that God would help me work through, but I really just had to work through along with him, and so one day I was walking down the street with our son, Blake, uh, just a little story. Um, He was six years old at the time and we're walking down the street and he sweetly and innocently looks up at me and he goes mom he says it's okay if you're angry at god i thought oh boy this is going to be a good one (laughs) i looked down and i said really i said it is he says yeah because god understands just how you feel mom because well god lost his son too Mm. i thought oh my gosh the anger just melted out of my heart you know Mm. and then I really realized once again that even though God allows things in your life to happen like this that he is an amazing loving forgiving and compassionate father
0: wow yeah go ahead yeah that's
3: okay well I have just a couple high points I don't want to take too much time but um, I was thinking the other day what I've learned through all this and um, by the grace of God I've learned joy in my sorrow I've learned peace and praise through my pain I've learned hope in my helplessness, and I've really learned excitement for eternal life. Mm. And two of the blessings and high points um, have been the last, last month my doctor informed me that the dozens of nodules that I had all over my lungs have actually disappeared out of my mm, lungs. Scary. Praise God, Yay. <laughs> And the best of all is I'm cancer free. Yeah, Thank I mean. God for God. <laughs> And I just want to finish with a word of encouragement, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, Just through this series, Vintage Faith, that Ryan and Dale have uh, been sharing with us, I've learned that God will help us no matter what our circumstances to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to bring life and peace to a hurting, helpless world. And uh, God will help us get out there, give us strength to run the marathon that He set before us, and to finish strong.
0: Great. thank Thank you. Well, one, one thing I really appreciate is in all of your stories here is that um, sometimes God uses these big, tragic events that I can't even imagine going through. And, and sometimes he uses just being willing to step out in faith and, and get on the plane, we like to say here. And sometimes he uses the chaos of motherhood. But God, we all have a story, and your story is important to God, whatever it is. And he knows your story. He's journeying with you. And as a church, we're excited um, to walk with you with whatever your story is and to encourage one another. And that's why we we value community, why we value being in the community, because God's at work in many ways. And so thank all three of you for your, for sharing with us and encouraging us. So let's give them a hand as they... thank you so much i don't need to preach anymore so that's good so they they said it all let me just end with just one thing here so god is we we need to take time to remember sometimes just take time to remember how he moves and how he works and let's take time to celebrate throughout scripture god has given he gives his people these commands to celebrate and remember passover and remember all these different feasts and the reason is because we remember that god is faithful and he works so we're created to celebrate and finally, the last thought I have for us is we're created to remember, we're created to celebrate, and that's what we'll do today. But the other one is this, is, is the goal of all of this is that we get the proper view of who God is. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 20 and 21, it says this, You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him. You shall uh, shall swear by his name, for he is your praise and he is your God, who has done these great and awesome things for which your eyes have seen. You see, when we take time to stop, to remember, to reflect on the way God moves, as a church, we shouldn't just say, okay, yeah, that's good, great. I wonder what food's out there today. Our response should be to revere our God and to fear him and want to follow him more. Because if he's willing to work in the lives of messed up people like you and me, he's able to use our brokenness and our mess. That means that he wants to do the same with the people we interact with day after day here in North County. And he's at work. And we should step back and revere this God and say, if you are this big and this powerful, who am I? And who am I that you choose to invite me into your story? So our response should be awe and reverence and and fear, a healthy fear that is all about God and his glory. And that's who we want to be as a church. A year from now, I hope we can pack this room out. We may need even more room and hear more stories. That way you don't have to listen to me at all or Dale. You can just hear from each other and say, God is good And let's be a church that honors him, that reveres him, and worships him because of who he is. And let's let this world that we live in, in North County, be transformed by this same amazing God who's transforming us. Does that sound good to anyone? Let's be that kind of church. Let's be that church. Let God use us to multiply these stories. That's our prayer. We're going to end with just a couple songs of worship. And those who are being baptized are going to head out to the back. And in just a moment, we're going to invite you after these two songs to come and and fill in around the tank out there. And we're going to celebrate in these baptisms. And again, these are to celebrate the lives that God is changing, the life that he is bringing. So I invite the worship team to start making their way up. And if anyone in here is saying, "Hey, hey, Ryan, I'd like, maybe I want to be baptized um, I might had one person came to me and said, I'm, I want to be baptized. I'm not, I don't have anything for it. I'm like, that's fine. The water's there. Come jump in. So uh, if you today say, I want to declare that I'm a follower of Jesus and he's moving in my life and, and just come back there with us in a moment, we'll figure it out. We want to invite you to celebrate and have your church family to celebrate with you today and remember that God is good. So stand with me as we uh, pray, just as a sign of unity and end with this couple songs. God, we thank you so much again for your story and so many lives. And again, it's not our story, it's yours. And for someone in this room this morning, my guess is that there's people going through hurt and pain. Lord, may you encourage their hearts today. Lord, maybe there's someone here today who has never bowed their knee to you. They're not, they've never made you the Lord of their life and follower of you. But God, today you're drawing them. Would you give them the courage to take that step today And give their life to you and experience life that only comes from you. And Lord, may you bless this congregation as we try to please you and serve you and seek after you. Use us to do your work in this community for your name's sake. God, we give you this time now. Amen.